You could either make the eye lighter, not as strong, so it doesn't contrast so heavily with the white surround, or, and better, you can then darken the surround. How do you darken the surround on the white cat, though? Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How are you doing, Dad? I'm very well. Here again, ready to go. Yeah. got some... early, in, early in the morning, Steve. <laughs> it is early in the morning, <laughs> yeah. We had a very busy uh, Thursday night, didn't you? So we, have to, we had to put it to the Friday morning again. Yeah, my day was yesterday. I didn't even know what the day was yesterday until I spoke to you in the evening. That's right, yeah. Realised that we should have a podcast out today. Um, but yeah, yesterday I was up at four and, and back, uh, I think about eight o'clock, I think I got back in the evening. So it was a, it was a long day. It was your last day though, wasn't it? It was. The last day on, 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 on the plowed field. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was the last day on set and, uh, yeah, so I wrapped yesterday and it was awesome. It was so much fun. I, I, yeah, a great experience. You know what struck me, Steve, as funny? The land that that was all performed on, the area that it was performed on, and you imagine all those horses jumping around and, and doing all their all their business. I should think the manure and that would would be really great for the landowner. He must, you know, all that muck spreading, fantastic, <laughs> great for he'll, him. He'll have, a, he'll have a real, he'll have a field full of lush green grass, won't he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's that's what we were thinking about as we were performing actually dad you know what we we're thinking for about the farmer and how great he's gonna have it um not how awful it was for us <laughs> well he was sitting in his little farmhouse with binoculars looking at you all probably thinking go on a bit more get a bit more over there do it over there <laughs> save me a bomb in muck spreading <laughs> yeah it was uh, yeah, well, it was fun. a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and it was yeah very secluded area there's massive field life I've never performed such a massive open space before. It was, mm. yeah, there was battles going on in different parts, like you could see over and, and from a distance. It really, really looked looked really real. You know, there was probably about fifty, fifty to sixty people all fighting and uh, yelling and stuff. And, uh, I think you have to be secluded, otherwise people wonder what the hell's going on. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's all done now. So. um back on with all of our stuff and uh yeah so we're now recording on a friday morning that's right so how are you anyway uh, i'm i'm pretty well steve yeah uh, i've had a, a very interesting week this week one way or another yeah but um finished a new project uh which i was chuffed with and a few few more ideas that we're bringing up so uh it is keeping me busy and that's the important thing yeah I can't slacken off. I've got to keep it up, you know, keep going, you know. Nose to the grindstone That's or to it. the drawing board. No rest for the wicked. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question we have this week is from Steve. Uh, Hi, Colin. I really enjoy what I've seen of your teachings and your paintings look fantastic. I'm almost 50 years old and really want to learn to make 2D art. I'm very interested in working with the pastel pencils, but I feel the lack of general drawing skills. Would you recommend firstly taking up a graphite pencil course covering the basics such as perspective, light, colour and shading, etc. before committing to your website? Many thanks, Steve. 
That's a, that's a really good question, that is, Steve. And, and uh, the answer is any anything you can do in the way of drawing, any courses are good for you. They've got to be good. However, I think as far as uh, pastel pencils is concerned, the fact that it's a pencil really gives it away. You're going to be drawing. You're going to be doing it in what you would do with a graphite pencil. The benefit you've got with graphite is, of course, you've got um, just the one tone. So you've got to learn very quickly to create contrast, you know, between the lights and the darks. Otherwise, you won't get an image. Um, and, of course, you've got perspective and all the other things that go with that. That's drawing. Uh, then you've got colour. When you move into colour, then you've got uh, the, the colour combinations, the colour tones to concern yourself with and so on. Now, all of these things can actually be learned with pastel pencils before you start. So I would always suggest to someone that they start off with pastel pencils. One of the things that uh, sprung, just sprung to mind, you can go through all of these preamble drawing but sometimes it can be very boring and the people who are presenting it can be very boring and you could actually give up before you begin. So I think it's better to start off with something really interesting, like, for instance, the landscape, free landscape course we've got or the free kitten course we've got. Now, both of those two, we know from the fact that people who have never done it before have produced a really good landscape and a really good kitten. Now, that's quite amazing, isn't it? With no drawing skills, no pre... And then, once that's once you've got the kind of the, the bit between your teeth and you've been bitten, basically, with the bug, the art bug, then you can start thinking about going on. But what I would do in a situation like is continue with the pastel pencils because they are a great teaching medium in their own right. And, and also, at the same time... Uh, join um, a drawing group or online uh, graphite drawing group or whatever or we have our own now don't we um, that was a, a really successful um, figure drawing course that's right yeah so, so I, th I think that's what I would say that's my advice to people who are starting out and uh, I know I've mentioned this to Steve and Steve is actually going to do exactly that he's going to start with something of ours and then go on you don't really want to waste years and years plodding along with really no object in mind I didn't do it I, I got a I got a pack of watercolors and I just started painting straight away not very good I've got to say they were pretty poor but at least I started with the process uh, and the interest was there immediately and I got bitten by the bug. I think as well, while you're inspired and uh, interested, you should you should take that opportunity to dive straight in. If you're inspired by looking at the projects and you think, I'd, you know, I'd like to have a go at this, but then you hold yourself back. Like you say, you might not be uh, as enthusiastic after doing another course, so it might be mm. just better to whilst you're enthused by what you see, is just go, okay, yeah, let's do it, because you're in, the, in a, a better mindset to give it a go, perhaps. Mm. And also, it depends on where you're coming from. If you want to be a professional artist, professional graphic artist, then you have to go through certain rules. You have to do things. If you want to teach it, you've got to go through that. Majority, 99% of the people that we deal with 
are not in that category. They want to do it for fun. They're doing it for enjoyment, leisure. So you don't need to go down that same road. I suppose I was lucky because when I was younger, I did a lot of cartoon work, as you all know. And the cartoon was drawing. I drew with the pencil. So I did it, but I did it for fun. It wasn't, you know, for any reason. I did it because I enjoyed doing it. And I then moved into colour for the same reason. Yeah. So I think, I think you know, we've got to sort of look at this rounded. I mean, Steve Young, compared with me, he's young. You know, 50 years old isn't very old. So you're, you've got plenty of time, but still... I started when I was uh, 40, actually. That was my first starting point. Uh, well, I mean, from painting point of view, I was drawing as a youngster. Uh, and I still now look back and think, oh, I wish I'd done this sooner. I wish I'd started earlier. And a lot of people have said that to me. I wish I'd done this earlier. And so you've got to look at it from different points of view. And I think we've, we've really explained that quite well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So thanks for that, Steve. Whilst we're on the subject of drawing um, and and uh, perspective and all these other contrasts and shading, you've had a question uh, or, or a picture from Gabrielle that is uh, she has asked about contrast. So do you mm. want to talk about that briefly? That would be nice. Yes. Well, what what uh, Gabrielle has said to me is that uh, she tried hard to increase the contrast in a picture of doing the white horse which will will go up on the website very soon. People will be able to see it. And she made a really good job of it. But she said she wasn't sure whether she'd made the contrast strong enough and should she make it stronger. So I'm going to answer that. So this is, this is the question. This is nice because people are, are asking me these specific questions and then I can answer them for her. Now, contrast is something that has to be as a balance, Okay, let's start off with a balance. It's no good having a really light... Let's imagine that you've got a a lovely white, fluffy pussy, okay? Pure white, and she's got a very dark eye. Now, if you put a really, really dark eye in a very light pussy, you're going to have a funny old pussy, aren't you? All you're going to see is the eye. So what you've got to look at when you do something like that is, is the balance between the surround of the... Uh, dark object and the object itself. You could do two or three things there. You could either make the eye lighter, not as strong, so it doesn't contrast so heavily with the white surround, or, and better, you can then darken the surround. How do you darken the surround on the white cat, though? Well, it's always, there's, white is white. We, we, with white, we use greys, we use uh, lots and lots of colour. And therefore, you make that eye surround and other parts of the eye, the ear, the nose, any other areas, darker. So you have this balance. So when you look at the white pussy, you don't see two, just two eyes. You see the whole thing. You see what I mean? Yeah. Now, this is an extreme. What I'm giving you is an extreme. And people uh, can put that imagination in their head and think, oh, I understand what you're talking about. Now, if you come back from that all the way back into different uh, Uh, subjects that we do, you'll always see with my subjects there is a balance. If I've got a very dark eye, I've got a very dark surround or dark. The danger is, you see, with with Gabrielle's white horse, for instance, she's done a white horse. If you compared it with mine, which you'll be able to do on the website, the white and the lighter areas are lighter than mine are, okay? 
but she's still got the contrast as dark as mine, mine is. Can you see? So what she's got is, is when you look at it, you see the, the eyes and the nose, nostrils, straight away. That's what you see. You don't see the whole horse. And people will be able to see that. But this contrast runs right across the board. As I say, there's so many instances I can give you. And very often you'll see when I give you this information, I start talking about the contrast. It's quite hard. I've explained that quite well, but it, it, it is a problem that you've got to get over. And it's quite hard as well, because when you look at a picture fresh and you're drawn to certain areas... Um, that's okay, but if you're if you're doing a picture and you've been looking at it a lot, it's hard to notice that, isn't it? Because Absolutely. because you've been looking at it for so long, so mm. it might. I don't know what the, the the cure is for that. Maybe to leave it for a while, like you know, away go away from it, and then come back and see what mm. with fresh eyes almost, and go, okay, is there any balancing that needs mm. to happen? I tell you what, I tell you what, you're doing there. You're doing you're you're, you're approaching that from. Uh, an amateur's point of view. They'll look at that and exactly the way you're looking at it. From a professional eye, from my eye, if I'm looking at it, I don't look at it the same way. I see the eye and the surround and the, the whole area as one. I don't see it individually. I look at it as one. So I look at the, the balance. Once again, this word balance comes in. I look at the relationship between the eye and the surround, the eyebrow, the hair, any other area that's around, I, I put all of that in my head at the same time. So I'm working on a whole area. I'm not working on one individual bit. You notice also, I, I've said to you, and you've seen me do it many times, I don't do the eye first. I don't do that. Very, very rarely do I do the eye first. I do the surround, don't I? So what I'm doing is putting a framework around that. And then when the eye goes, I can see that uh, contrast. See where it's slotting into, yeah. It's a very, it's a very interesting. And this is why I find it so interesting. The theory behind all of this, and I think people will also be fascinated by it too. And when they're doing it, I hope they listen to my words. They hear my words in their head when they're doing it. Colin said this. I know people do that. They've said that. <laughs> I hear you in the in the background saying, "No, wait a minute. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be putting light over dark. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this." <laughs> And I imagine that they're, they're saying, but this is what I want them to do. That's the whole idea. I can't be with them when they're drawing the picture. So all I can do is to try to inspire them like this and say, watch it. That's that's where the pitfalls are. Mm. That's good. It's a really good question. Uh, well, good subject matter to talk about. Uh, we haven't really spoken about it before. So it's yeah, very specific, uh, which is good. So the next one we have is a voice message. We've got a voice message this week now. I don't believe it, Steve. I know. We have a listener that has left us a voice message. So the message is from Detlef, and uh, let's play it. So here it is. Hi, Colin and Steve. My name is Detlef. I'm from Belgium, and I first wanted to say how much I love your work and how much I love the fact that you are sharing your years and years of experiences and knowledge with the world. I think that what you're doing is often much better than taking drawing classes, for example. So thanks again for all the work you've been putting in this whole project. I have this uh, question I've always wanted to ask you, so here I am doing it. I myself am a great fan of puzzle pencils. I've been drawing with them for many years now. But I have many bad experiences with the past with uh, the papers I've used in all those years. Recently, I've bought some Kansan Mitant pastel papers. 
and the papers have actually two different sides to them. One being rather soft and smooth, while the other is more rough with little holes in it. I wanted to ask you what your experiences are with different types of fossil papers, what kind of paper texture, for example, you think is best in a certain situation. I always notice that your drawings are on a rather rough surface with little holes, I, I think. I, I, I'm not sure. So, yeah, I'd like to hear your opinion on all this. Thank you very much for all the hints and tricks you've given everyone so far. You're the best. Regards from Belgium. How about that, eh? Fantastic. More, please. We want more of them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, but I can answer the question. Um, the Canson Meton paper is not a good one. It, it's got little pit marks all over it. And when you use that with the pastel pencil, though it's very, very difficult to get rid of them. They are there. They're always there, like little bubbles. When you look at the picture, the way we do it, at least, which is a much finer pastel. Pastel pencils are much finer than soft pastel, for instance. If you use soft pastel on Canson Meter, you fine. Looks good. And it's a good paper. Works well. But not for pastel pencil. Now, what we use is the Ongre pastel paper. It's a sanding colour Although that's not the description if you go, I must add, to your retail and say, I want to sand one, it won't be the same colour. It's more a taupe colour. Uh, but, you know, you'll be able to see it from the many demonstrations I do. Um, you'll be able to see the actual colour uh, on the screen. It's got a ridge to it. It's not little holes on it. It's got a little ridge. Now, that ridge can be filled easily with the pastel work we do. If you look at the portrait work we do particularly, which is very fine um, skin tones, can't see it. It, it. it disappears. I use that uh, ridge for when I'm using, when I'm twiddling. And this is when sometimes it looks as though there's little holes appearing, little, little hole, you know, small there, because I'm twiddling around. And that's because I'm getting special effects by doing it that way. But that's the paper that I would and always do use if I'm using pastel pencil. And we sell mountains of it here because it's not, it's not easy to get. People do find it difficult to get hold of, but it is the best paper. Is there any other? Mm, well, Colour uh, Fix, I think it's called. I'm trying to think of what it's called. Is, is another paper that I've used in the past, but that's a little... It's like sandpaper, really, and although it will work, it doesn't get the you can't get the fine detail that you can with the pastel pencil. Another paper is the velour paper, which I know a lot of people do like, and what that gives you is is almost a sheen to the pastel pencil. Something else I don't like. I prefer it to be more pastely. That looks when you finish a velour picture, it tends to look a little bit like an oil pastel rather than our chalky pastel. So. All in all, no. I mean, the answer is I would definitely use on-grey paper and do the very, very best you can to get hold of it and get the lighter colours. Sand is ideal. Uh, if you go too dark, you're going to have that colour having an influence on the pastel pencil. That would also apply to uh, any other make of paper that you get. You don't want a dark paper. Uh, just keep it light. Sand is ideal. So I think I've answered that. That was a, a very good question and very well put. Definitely. Okay, so the next one I've got is from another Colin, and this is uh, just more feedback than anything else. 
Dear Colin and Steve, just a quick note of thanks regarding the advice on my bullfinch and suggested colours for my fox project. I have not long joined as an online student and I must say that I am delighted with the quality of your website and provisions. I shall certainly recommend you. Kind regards, Colin. That's nice. That's what we want to hear. Satisfied customer. Definitely. Well, and it's lovely, lovely to get feedback. Please keep that coming because it gives it gives our ego a boost, boost doesn't it? <laughs> Very important that. Keep us going. Well, also good that the, uh, the the advice has uh, helped as well because those blogs uh, yeah. are really, I, I think they're really useful uh, they examples. Are. They are. They, they are good. And uh, I, I do encourage people to do that too. Um, any member out there wants to advise it, and shouldn't feel guilty too. I don't, some of them might feel a bit, oh, I don't want to put my picture on it. Well, we're only going to give you the first name out. We're not going to give you the name and address of everybody, so they can't come round and have to go at you. Don't get the emails. So you're, you're kind of almost anonymous. That- and the fact is that you are getting a really, really good piece of advice. Apart from the fact that you can take the picture back, um, or once you've got the advice, you can take it back and you can make those adjustments. And I know people have done it because they've sent me the adjustments. And by golly, it makes a difference too. Mm. So why not do it? It's also as if you're you're doing like you can use all these examples, these pictures you might never do. So mm. people are looking at examples where how you would tweak them, and they're pictures that you you know mm. they're pictures that you might not have done before. You know, might not tackle yourself. I wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It gives the variety, doesn't it, and the 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 interest. Um, I mean. Colin has said about the fox, didn't he? I gave him some advice on the fox. Well, I'm not going to say anything, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know in the future, listeners. You, you just never know. Mr. Foxy might turn up one day. <laughs> but this is the sort of thing, though, that we we why I mention it is this is what we want from people. We want this feedback. And we get an awful lot of uh, inspirational ideas mm-hmm. from people. Yeah. Absolutely. So the next one we have is uh, from Ben. Hello there. Just wondering if you could do some more bird paintings or perhaps an outback Australian landscape. Have you ever painted a kookaburra? Kookaburra, yeah. yeah. I can send you a version I've done in a reference photo. So um, Uh, I'm not so sure uh, at the moment anyway. Put that on hold. Put that one on hold. What, a kookaburra? Cookaburra, yeah, put it yeah. on hold. Um, but the bird painting, yes, indeed, there is one in the pipeline, folks. Yes. I'll tell you that. I won't tell you what it is, but there is one, and it's a good one, in the pipeline. In fact, there are two. There are two, the yes. And the, when I say in the pipeline, when I talk about in the pipeline, not in my imagination, they're actually done. <laughs> they're, they're done, and they will be going out. Yeah. So. What so, about an outback Australian landscape? Yes, well, we did a something from Australia. I can't did remember. A, did a red rocket, red rock exercise. Yeah, that's that? right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, th- there's no reason why we can't do something like that. Yeah, yeah. You've got to remember, though, that what we're doing is universally acceptable. You know, people have got to um, be wanting to do it. This is why the animals are so good, because everybody's got animals, everybody likes animals. And things like the, the koalas that we've done and the um, all the other projects that we've done are universally acceptable pictures. So we've got to be careful there. 
But if it's a good Australian landscape and it's got lots and lots of interest in it, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Well, exactly. If people say, if loads of people come back to us and say, yeah, I really want to do an Australian landscape, then we know that people want to do an Australian landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the the sort of thing that, um, I've got a new picture that's coming up soon. It's another one of, uh, a little bit Castle Coomey-fied, but only it goes back in time. One of my going back in time pictures in the 1800s or late 1800s. Those sort of pictures are, again, universally acceptable because all over the world people would like that kind of thing, quaint English pictures. So you, you know you're on a safe bet with those. And you've got things like trees and people and things that I can put in. Uh, so I kind of tend to ear towards that type of picture. But that doesn't mean to say I won't do uh, something that is... When I look at it and I think the students will benefit from doing this because they've got kind to of want to do it, remember. When they do it, do they do it as, a, as an exercise or do they do it, do they want to put it on the wall? That's why you've got to be a little bit careful and choosy about what we do. Yeah. Okay. Good suggestions, though. And um, mm, I'll, I'll keep them coming. There'll be some, uh, there's be some great projects coming up. So can't wait After to all, them. I, I, I've done a koala. You have done a koala, exactly. So a kookaburra. Well, maybe that'll come up soon. I might start running out of subjects in about 10 years' time, might not. And then I'm going to start thinking, oh, scratch myself now, what, what can I do now? Oh, yeah, I remember there was that kookaburra that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it might well be before that. I'm sure it'll be before that. Let's see. There's this, you know, uh, give it some thought. Okay, so that ends our questions and feedback for this week. If you've got a question, then please send it in to us. Go to colinbradleyart.co.uk and click the contact page at the top, fill out the form and uh, send in your question. Uh, We take your questions from all over the show. So if you're on YouTube or Facebook and you've got a question, then post it there. Chances are we'll find it and add it to the pile. Absolutely, yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, anything else to add? We've added the red squirrel. That's gone down really well. In fact, Marie has already completed it and posted it on the community. No. Yep. I think she did that, uh, posted it yesterday. Uh, and she's done an amazing job. I, uh, I'm no doubt I'll show it to you uh, or you will see it uh, yep. at some point, Dad, but it's an amazing job. Uh, right, really, right. really great. So well Don't done, Marie. Don't you think that's a nice... Change for a Christmas card. I was looking at that the other day, and I'm thinking, you know, you can put Merry Christmas down here with a few little, you know, bits, sprigs of holly up in the corner. You can make a really good Christmas card of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, it's really something different, and mm. I, I like that. I think it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a popular one. Okay, so that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley, and I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week.